Judges chapter 6. I'm going to set this up for you. A lot of us have heard, if you've been in church for any amount of time, you've heard uh, about Gideon. You've heard the story about Gideon and, and the, you know, and how God used Gideon. And just to set it up, uh, the Midianites were, were oppressing the Israelites, God's people, the, the Midianites were oppressing them. They had them under a really, really bad oppression. Uh, and the reason why was because the Israelites were in disobedience. They had started serving false gods, worshiping pagan gods. And uh, the Lord had sent judges and people to try to turn them away. They refused. And so the Lord allowed the Midianites to begin to oppress the, uh, the Israelites. So they cry out to the Lord and he sends them Gideon to rescue them. So a lot of us have, are familiar with this, and maybe you're not. Maybe this is the first time you're like, man, I never even heard of Judges, don't know who Gideon is, uh, you know, so that that's great. Um, and so a lot of us have heard the story and how it went down. You know, as I was reading through Judges again recently, a couple of weeks ago, as I was reading through the story, a couple of things stuck out at me. And I don't know I've seen before, but it was just, it gave me a different view and a, and a different take on uh, on this story. And actually, I preached a little bit of it in our school chapel here two weeks ago, uh, but I worked on it some more today, and I just really, uh, just the Lord showed me even more stuff and how uh, uh, this this story of Gideon or parts of this story uh, can apply to our life. So it's just going to be a, 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 not a different take, but just a, a, maybe it's a different view on the story of Gideon. So let's read Judges chapter 6, verse 12. Uh, uh, going through verse 16. It says, The angel of the Lord to appeared to him, talking about Gideon, and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why is all this happening to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as you are fighting against, as if you were fighting against one man. Let's pray over our time in the word. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is active, living, and true, and that it does come alive to us. Lord, we know we can read your word, and, and, and you show us different things, and it's alive and actively working where we're at in our life, in our season of life, wherever we are. Lord, there's different people in here, different ages, and Lord, I just ask you would speak to all of us, starting with me, myself included, and that you would show us what it is you want us to see. Help me also to present this word clearly. Speak to me and through me. May your anointing increase in my life. We bind up the enemy and all distractions from hindering the word going forth or for us receiving the word. Lord, I pray, give us the grace to live it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the Lord says, mighty hero. That phrase, mighty hero, actually translates, and it might say it in your translation, in Hebrew it means strong warrior. So he's saying strong warrior. The Lord is with you. See, the Lord was pointing out Gideon's potential as a military hero. See, Gideon was reluctant to obey because he questioned God's presence and he questioned his own adequacy. You know, and I, as, I, as I start out, I, I begin to think about that, how true it is to us in our own life today that sometimes, you know, we don't see our own potential. We don't see the own potential we have in our own life. It might be uh, your potential as a father, as a mother, as a student, as a worker, as a, as a Christian, as a leader. You don't see your own potential, but of course the Lord created you and has a destiny for you. So he sees your potential and, and, and like he did, he often sends other people to point it out to you. Now, in this case, he sent an angel to point it out to Gideon and, and speak that into his life and said, 
mighty warrior. See, he, he was reluctant to obey. He said, I can't go do this. I can't defeat the Midianites. And he gave them a bunch of reasons. Kind of sounds like Moses. You remember when God went to Moses and said, set my people free, let them go, you know, walk, lead them out. And he said, God, I can't do this. I stutter. You know, you notice these, these are great tasks, no doubt. They didn't see their own potential, but the Lord saw it. And so he sends an angel. And he will send people in our lives to do the same thing. Not only did the angel of the Lord speak to Gideon's potential, but he assured Gideon that the Lord was with him. He said, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. You know, when a commission or a command from the Lord comes to us to do something great and challenging, it's usually accompanied by the assurance of the Lord's presence in our lives. It's usually accompanied by the assurance of his presence. The Lord doesn't never tell us to do anything that he's not going to help us to do, right? Just as he told Moses, going back to Moses, he said, go tell the, the children of Israel. Pastor Todd talked about that week one of uh, I am on Easter Sunday. And he said, who, who should I say sent him? Tell, said, tell them I am sent him. And you remember later Moses says, listen, Lord, I am not going anywhere or doing anything unless you come with me. And Moses goes to say, it's your very presence, Lord, that sets us apart from anybody else on the face of the earth. I love that scripture. It's the presence of the Lord in our life that sets us apart from anybody else on the earth. So, Doug, I think I told you to do this, uh, uh, put it up later, but go ahead and put up the title. Tonight's message is entitled, uh, The Power of Your Potential and God's Presence. I want to look at the power of your potential and God's presence. So let's kind of start digging into the story a little bit more. Now, the first thing the Lord tells Gideon to do didn't have anything to do with the Midianites at all. First thing he tells Gideon to do was something about getting them back right with God. Because they wasn't right with God. The whole Israelites had, 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 and maybe not Gideon. It doesn't specifically say what Gideon was doing, but we can see what his family and the people in his town were doing here in a minute. But he, he needed them to get back right with God. And really, I, I'm not going to go, a lot of times I tell the whole story of Gideon and how he defeated the Midianites. I'm not going to go that far tonight. Really, this next passage is where we're going to camp out tonight. So if you're still in, in chapter 6, look at verse 25. That night the Lord said to Gideon, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that is seven years old, pull down your father's altar to Baal, and cut down the asterisk pole standing beside it. Then build an altar to the Lord your God here on this hilltop sanctuary, laying the stones carefully. Sacrifice the bull as a burnt offering on the altar, using as fuel the wood of the asterisk pole you cut down. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord had commanded. But he did it at night because he was afraid of the other members of his father's household and the people of the town. Early the next morning, as the people of the town began to stir, someone discovered that the altar of Baal had been broken down and that the Asherah pole beside it had been cut down. In their place, a new altar had been built, and on it were the remains of the bull that had been sacrificed. The people said to each other, Who did this? And after asking around and making a careful search, they learned that it was Gideon, the son of Joash. Now check this out. So you see what happens here. He goes, the Lord says, Break Break down your father's pagan altars. He goes, but he does it at night because he was a little scared. You know, he's like, man, people are going to be after me if I do this. So he does it at night, but he obeys, but he, he, he obeys in secret and him and God. So now they wake up. Everybody's like, man, what happened? Who tore down our altar? Who tore down the altar of the bells? Listen to this. The, the men say this. Bring out your son, the men of the town demanded to Joash. He must die for destroying the altar of Baal and for cutting down the Asherah pole. But Joash shouted to the mob that confronted him, Why are you defending Baal? Will you argue his case? 
Whoever pleads his case will be put to death by morning. If Baal truly is God, let him defend himself and destroy the one who broke down his altar. From them on, Gideon was called Jerubbabel, which means let God defend himself because he broke down Baal's altar. So tonight, I want to look at this story from three different angles. This passage from three different angles. One, the result of Gideon's obedience. Two, the response of Gideon's father. And then three, the response to Gideon from the Lord. All right, so let's look at the first one. Number one, Gideon stirred up his father's faith. He stirred up his father's faith. Look at, look at Judges 6.31. But Joash shouted to the mob that confronted him, Why are you defending Baal? Will you argue his case? Whoever pleads his case will be put to death by morning. If Baal truly is God, this is the key. I know I'm reading back over it again. If Baal truly is God, let him defend himself and destroy the one who broke down his altar. See, because of Gideon's obedience to the Lord, he stirred up his father's faith to do what was right. Actually, and when I, when I preached a, a part of this message a couple weeks ago, actually the name of the message in chapel was called Stir Something Up. Stir something up. He stirred up his father, but that was just one point. And, and I have two other ways I want to go with it tonight. But he stirred up. Did you see that? He stirred up his father's faith. And listen, his father was the first to follow Gideon's act of godly leadership and abandon Baal for the Lord. He was his first one. And listen to this. Gideon's father was actually the keeper of the shrine of Baal. So it's not like his, his father was just like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been kind of tagging along with this Baal thing. No, his father, because it said, go tear down your father's altar, right? And he was the keeper of the shrine. He was basically the, the, the one in charge of this pagan shrine. But whenever Gideon obeyed the Lord and tore this thing down, the, the, the mob comes before him and tries to kill him, and his dad has a change of heart. All of a sudden, his dad's like, no, listen, if Baal really is a god, he's going to defend himself. So now he's going away from God. And he's realizing like, man, what have we been doing here? What have we been doing here? So this is my point. Young people, I see some young people in here tonight. So maybe junior high, maybe younger, even teenagers, maybe even a little young adults. This is my point. You know, you can stir up people older than you by your godly actions. Your own parents, some in authority, maybe teachers, maybe, maybe you know, just people that you would think would, might look down on you. Look, this was his father. Obviously a man of influence because he was the, he was the keeper of the shrine, but yet his son, which was probably a young man at the time, but still was his son. He stirred him up to turn him away from paganism back to serve the God of Israel. Isn't that awesome? So I want to encourage you young people. I even see some younger children here. I want to encourage you. Don't let anybody, like it says in 1 Timothy 4.12, look down on you because you're younger or look down on your faith. You know, that's, that's 412 is the name of our junior high ministry. It comes from that scripture. Don't let anybody look down on you because you're younger. But like be an example by your faith, by your purity, by your love. And that's what the Lord is calling all young people to do. Amen? All of us. But I wanted to look at it. When I saw that, I said, man, this is awesome. Gideon, and this is what I was encouraging the children in school a couple weeks ago, that no matter how young they are, we had four-year-olds all the way up to seventh grade. No matter how young you are, you can lead someone to the Lord or lead them back to the Lord because of your courageous actions that glorify God. Amen? So now, let's look at the second, let's look at the story from a second viewpoint. And it's for those of us that are parents. The second thing we see here is that Joash affirmed and he protected his son. He affirmed and protected his son. Look at Judges 6, 
30 and 31. Bring out your son, the men of the town demanded of Joash. He must die for destroying the altar of Baal and for cutting down the Ashtoreth pole. But Joash shouted to the mob that confronted him, why are you defending Baal? We just talked about that. But that was the key point at the beginning. He said, listen, he confronted an angry mob. You got you to gotta understand this. This man confronted an angry mob that was ready to kill his son. They could have easily killed him too. I mean, if, if it said a mob, I mean, the whole town came out and they could have confronted him. But Joash affirmed and protected his son. Listen, we need to, as parents, all of us as parents, we need to continue to affirm our children, especially when they do something for the Lord, especially when they do something great, especially when they do something challenging. Listen, I just want to encourage you. And I was just thinking about this today as I was preparing. When our kids do something well, especially for the Lord, we shouldn't have the attitude like, well, that's what you're supposed to do. You're a Christian. Listen, I don't know about y'all, but, but children need affirmation. If Jesus himself needed affirmation, remember he came up out of the, after he got baptized and what did the father say? This is my beloved son who I'm well pleased. That was affirmation. So if the son of God himself as a 33 year old man needed affirmation, our children need affirmation too. There's time for discipline. There's time to be strict. There's time. But listen, our kids need to be affirmed, especially when they do something, even though Joash wasn't talking to Gideon. I know that whenever Joash stood up for his son, that affirmed him. He's like, look at this. My daddy was just the leader of a pagan cult. Now he's turning around and he's defending me or he's affirming me. And so I know as a, as a young man, that, that probably gave him some fuel to go forward because uh, in the rest of the story, he did end up, the Lord used him to conquer the Gideonites. And so we need to affirm our children. Listen, just yesterday, I did a funeral here for, for, for Kenneth Corville, great brother in the Lord. He's with the Lord now. But I did a funeral right here on this stage yesterday. We had the, and I said, and I misspoke. They actually cremated him. We, we didn't bury him. It was a memorial service. He, he's, he's with the Lord now. And after that service, Pastor Todd was in the back. After that service, I got a text from Pastor Todd, him just encouraging me. And it's like, hey, man, you did a great job, man. I'm proud of you. Listen, you know how much that does for me? As a 40-year-old man that's been a pastor 12 and a half years, for my spiritual father to affirm me, that's a blessing. I tell you what, like he always says, I can go bear hunting with a switch after that. I could have did five more funerals in a row if I needed to, right? Because why? Because my spiritual father affirmed me, right? That's powerful. Listen, as parents, natural parents or spiritual parents, it's powerful when you affirm your children. Amen? But not only do we need to affirm and encourage our children, but we need to protect them as well. You know, this is especially true for us dads. I'm going to speak now a little deeper to the dads, whether it be our daughters or our sons, and, and, and to, to protect our children, both spiritually. And let's look at this in the spiritual realm. The best way you can protect your, your children is through prayer. You can't always run down to the school and go say, hey, look, you know, stop picking on my kid. You know, there's a time for that. You get involved in your kid's schooling, and if they're getting bullied, no, no doubt. But the best way we can protect our children is through prayer. As dads, parents too, but I'm just challenging the dads right now. We're the spiritual leaders of our home, and I know we got a lot of praying mamas here. But listen, we can, you know, man, pray over your children daily. Come on, ask the Lord to bless them, cover them. Plead the blood of Jesus over your kids daily. Ask God to be with them, to raise them up, to grow them. I, I, use, I combine those two scriptures for about Jesus, and I pray daily for my children that God would cause them to grow healthy and strong and wisdom and stature and favor with God and with man. I ask the Lord that they, he just caused them to flourish, that they would always have a heart after them. I do pray a wall of protection around them. You know, that's, that's the best way you can protect your children. 
is, is to do that. And there comes a time where you do want to stand up for them, right? As, as dads, if our wives and our children, if, if somebody come mess with our family, you want to, you want to take up for them. You want to protect them, right? But especially in this aspect, let's look at in the spiritual, because the enemy is going to come for our children. I remember Pastor Todd telling me that too, whenever our children were younger, and it, it happens few and far between now, but when our children were little, it seemed like they were having a lot of nightmares. They would wake up screaming in the middle of the night and crying. My son went through with them, my, my children. And man, it was frustrating. You know, it was just like, man. And, and you know, and I remember talking to Pastor Todd, and he said, Brandon, if the enemy can't get to you, he'll try to get to your children. And I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm saying that, that that's the, as a dad, that I wake up in the middle of the night and, and you know what? I pray in the spirit. I bind the enemy and the powers of darkness and, and evil thoughts and dreams, night terrors off of my kids' life. And as a dad, as parents, that's one of the ways that we can protect our children. Many other ways, but I believe the most powerful way is to, 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 to go after it and place, ask God to place a wall of protection around our children in the spirit room. Amen? Amen. Uh, again, I love how Joash stood up against an angry mob to protect his son. And then he flipped on it too. I love this scene because it's like they came at him and then he's just like, oh, you know what? No, my son ain't going to die. Whoever's standing up for bail, you're going to die by the morning. You know, it's just like he just flipped the script on him. So anyway, that's just a little bonus. I thought that was cool. Like he just, and, and they, obviously they backed off. You know, he must have been a man of influence and power because he's like, no, you ain't killing my son. You're going to die if you keep standing up for bail. He protected his son and again, he stood up for the Lord. All in the same. That's just awesome. You see a son raising up to be obedient and then the father just feeding off of that godly energy, so to speak. Or energy is probably not the best word for it. But, but his, his, just his godliness, his action, then his, it, it, something rose up in, in his dad to turn from, from his evil ways and to affirm and stand up to protect his son. Amen? Isn't this some good stuff? Amen. And then the third and final thing I love about this, and this, this is one that really stuck out at me too when I was reading through this again a couple of weeks ago. Uh, was that the Lord repeatedly confirmed his will to Gideon. The Lord repeatedly confirmed his will. I love this. You see, you, you may be thinking, and I was thinking, man, this would be hard to do something that big and risky for God. He's telling, you remember when, when, they, when he found him, well, I didn't read it, but when they found him, he was, he was uh, uh, threshing out wheat in the, in the wine press. He was hiding. He was scared. He, and, and the, actually, Bible scholars say that the reason he said, well, how can I do this? I have the weakest clan, the weakest family. What he was saying was, I don't have a lot of influence, so I won't be able to recruit a lot of men to come fight with me. So this was a daunting task. So, of course, Gideon was like, man, Lord, you're going to have to confirm and confirm and confirm again. Like, it, this was hard for Gideon, too. It was so hard that he asked God for a sign. He said, God, I need you to give me a sign. But he didn't stop there. He asked God to give him another sign. Then he didn't stop there. He asked God to give him a third sign. And then after he asked God for three signs and God gave it to him, which we're going to see in a minute, the Lord gave him one more to boot just to say, if you're still not sure, here you go. Let's look at these. The first sign was that when Gideon asked right out the gate in, in, uh, in chapter 6, uh, he said, Lord, you're going to have to give me a sign. What happened was the, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And he had sacrificed, he had made a sacrifice. The angel Lord came, burned up the, just by the tip of his, he didn't set no fire. He took the tip of his staff, he touched Gideon's offering, and it, it, it consumed in flames. It went up in flames, and then the angel disappeared. And Gideon, in, in the Brandon Cajun vernacular translation, said Gideon freaked out. 
You can read. He freaked out. He said, I am going to die. Read it. If you go read it. He said, I'm going to die because I saw the face of the Lord. Like he realized like, man, this is an angel of the Lord. And, and man, I, I am, I, I'm about to die. Cause he, I mean, think about it. Think about you get home tonight. You're cooking up a little dinner. An angel appear. He sets your stuff on fire and he disappears. Go, go post that on Facebook and see how that's going to go over on social media. Oh, Zuckerberg will probably take it down because he thinks you're hallucinating or something, you know? But think about it. He was freaking out, man. But the Lord said, hey, don't freak out. Don't freak out. I'm just confirming what I'm calling you to do. So that was the first time. Angel appears, burns up his sacrifice, and then disappears. And then the second and third signs, which is, this is the most familiar sign that we're familiar with when it comes to, when you hear of Gideon, you think of what? The fleece, right? Yeah, somebody said Gideon's fleece. So he actually asked for a sign, but he did it twice. First he says, okay, Lord, I'm going to put this fleece out. And in the morning, if the fleece is wet and the, the ground is dry, then I know this was you. So the Lord did it. So you think about that. You go in the morning and you do that too. You know, especially in South Louisiana in the summer, everything's covered in dew, right? So if you go out there and say, Lord, okay, my car is covered in dew, but nothing else. So he did it. He said, okay, Lord, the next morning, I know you did that for me already. Remember, this is sign too, but could you do it again? But this time, like, just in case it was a freak accident, make the fleece dry and the ground wet. And what happens? And you can read all this just for time's sake. I'm just, just summarizing. But it happens. This time, the fleece was dry and the ground was wet. So it's like, okay. So he asked for three signs and the Lord confirmed it every time. This is the part, though, where I really, really love. The fourth sign. Because Gideon didn't ask for it. Look now, if, you, if you're with me, you can jump over to Judges chapter 7 in the next chapter. Excuse me. Judges 7 and beginning in verse 9, it says, That night the Lord said, Get up, go down into the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura. Listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon took Pura and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. Now jump over down to uh, verse 13. Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. The man said, I had a dream. I had this dream. And in my dream, a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, turning it over and knocked it flat. His companion answered, your dream can only mean one thing. Uh, this, this tells you this is the Lord. God has given you Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all his allies. When It's allies. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed before the Lord and worshiped. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, get up, for the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. After three signs, Gideon asked for three signs, the Lord gave him another one to encourage him again and confirm his will. And what a sign, right? He said, go down to the camp. The Lord knew the dream. And how, and how this guy, like a, a loaf of barley bread, rolled down in the camp and knocked over everything. He's like, it could only mean one thing. I'm like, really? Like, that could mean a million things to me. Like, like I don't know, we're eating too much gluten. Is that what it means? Like, this, that would be today probably. Like, you know, in our day and age, it would be like, oh, my gosh, we need to cut back on the carbs and the gluten. It would, we would have all kind of different things. But this guy knew it was from the Lord, and he was like, this could only mean one thing. I love this. Because you see what? You, we would think, okay, Lord, if we keep asking the Lord to confirm, God tells us to do something, we're nervous, we're even scared about doing it, we ask for a sign, God gives us a sign, then we're like, Lord, can we ask just one more sign? Then God gives us another sign. By the third sign, we ask him again. It's like, ooh, 
Lord, I'm sorry, but just one more sign. I believe that God giving him a, a fourth sign on his own, it shows me, and I think it should show us, that God doesn't get exasperated for us asking him things like that. I mean, there's a time, I get it, if you have like a lack of faith and all that, and you know, you get into the faith thing, I, I get it, we need to have faith, but it shows the kind of God that we serve, that he's a loving father, and that he wanted to confirm, because this was a huge deal, we got to remember, he wasn't just saying, you know, go down to the river and baptize a couple people, he was going to take on a large army with very little people, and you'll see how, if you, and I encourage you to read the rest of the story, we're not going to read it all tonight, but how he does give Gideon victory, that was a miracle in itself. But it just encouraged me to, like, listen, when the Lord's telling you to do something and you're asking the Lord for a sign or a confirmation and he gives it to you, it's all right if you ask him for another one. Because sometimes you could be like, man, this could just be in my mind. Man, you know, somebody walks up to you and is like, man, I feel like this. Well, Lord, it tells you something that's like spot on that you've been praying for, right? And you think, okay, Lord, nobody else would have known that. But you know, what if he heard me like praying in the bathroom or something like that? You know, maybe there's a reason why he came. You know, and so it's so I believe it's okay. The Lord showed Gideon. I'm a I'm a confirm it one more time. I'm gonna encourage you. I know that's what I did for my wife, praying if this was gonna be my wife. She was gonna be my wife before, and I remember because it, who I'm gonna marry is gonna be the second biggest decision I make in my life after accepting Christ. And so I prayed about it, and I felt like I got confirmation. Prayed about it, got confirmation from the word, confirmation from people. Just, I mean, I remember one time we were sitting right up here, and I remember I was worshiping, and I was thinking about Cassie. Okay, I'm going to confess now. I was supposed to be worshiping, but I was thinking about Cassie, and uh, it was before we were married, and we wasn't dating or anything, and uh, and I, I, was, I was distracted. You know, I'll be honest, I was distracted. Listen, some lady I barely even knew walked from across the church and came meet me right there and said, hey, the Lord wants you to know that the things you're thinking about is going to happen, but just focus on him right now. Okay, okay. so like that was the Lord's confirmation, don't you think? <laughs> right? You know, but still, I mean, like as the weeks and months went on, I just, okay, Lord, are you sure? Is this my wife? I just wanted to be sure, to be sure, to be sure. And I don't think, the, I know the Lord didn't get exasperated with me. He kept confirming and praise God, this is my bride of 14 years now. Amen? And so, yeah, amen. So, so I just want to encourage you today. You know, remember, I said earlier, Gideon questioned God's presence and his own adequacy. The Lord confirmed both of these to him. And I believe he wants to do the same thing for us. Amen. He didn't get tired of, of he didn't get tired of us asking, again, if our hearts are sincere in us following him. I truly believe we're having faith. We're having, because again, the Lord tells us to do some major Life things, right? Decisions like, hey, leave here and go. People have been called to move across the country or across the world or go do something. I'm, I'm gonna want probably two dozen confirmations. If I hear go to Africa, right? If I hear go to Kington, I'd probably want a bunch of confirmations. I don't believe you, right? I'm just saying. Not, I'm just saying because I know I don't feel like I'm called to like move to, you know, Kington's not that far. I'm just saying. So I believe I know I'm called here. So nothing against Kington. Kington's a great little country town. I like Kington. So. So I'm, I was using it as a distance thing. Africa to Kington's a lot closer, right? Okay, so, all right. I know Lynn's like, hey, what's up with that? What's wrong with Kington, you know? So nothing wrong with Kington. So, but when the Lord tells us to do something, it can be small and it can be big and even can be small. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I want to make sure I'm hearing from the Lord. And that's another thing. And I believe God wants it to be clear too. And that's why he speaks to us in many different ways, through his word, 
again, just using the illustration with Cassie, that was one of the first things through his word, through people, just knowing it, just sensing it. And even just like the way that she was responding to me, just things, everything really just lined up, you know, and, and I knew that I knew that I knew. So the Lord doesn't get exasperated. Amen. And I know when I, when I talked about this point in chapel today, one of the teachers in the school, it blessed me. She came up and said, thank you so much. I needed to hear that because our school's closing down after this year, just about five weeks left or so, maybe even a little less. And she's looking for another job. And she was praying about these jobs. And she said, you just encouraged me that I can, it's okay to put another fleece out there. You know, she's having a major, this is a single mom with three kids and she has a major decision to make. You know, where am I going to go work at next? What's going to be the best job for me and my family? So it was encouraged. So hopefully this encourages you tonight. It's all right to ask the Lord for confirmations and, and to confirm his will, what you feel like he's telling you to do. Amen. So just to recap, as we close it up, young people, I just want to encourage you. You may lead someone older than you to the Lord or back to the Lord because of your courageous actions that will glorify God. For us parents, we need to affirm our children, encourage our children, and protect them. Amen? Especially through prayer and, of course, through other ways. And for all of us, the Lord wants to continue to confirm his will for our lives and assure us that he is with us in everything we do and especially everything he tells us to. Remember, he's not going to Call us to do something and, and, and let us hang out to dry. That's not the God that we serve. Amen. He's not a practical joker. All right. He's not going to push us out there and just leave us there. If he calls you to do something, he'll be with you to do it. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me as we close. Y'all receive this tonight? Amen. So the Lord wants to be with you and he wants to use you like he did Gideon. But you must first turn to him. I don't know everybody here tonight. I met a few new people as I walked in, and and I don't know where everybody's at. Like I said, you, you you know you may you know you 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 may just be searching right now. You may be uh, just a different part of your journey. You know uh, you maybe don't know the Lord at all, or, or not sure. Maybe you once knew the Lord. You once walked with the Lord. You had faith in Christ, but maybe like Gideon's dad and his whole village turned away from him. Lamentations three twenty five says this: The Lord is good to those who depend on Him. To those who search for him, are you depending on the Lord for everything, especially eternal life? Are you depending on him? Are you depending on another way that's going to get you into heaven? Bible makes it clear. I shared this yesterday at the funeral. It's appointed for man to die once. It's in Hebrews. Appointed for man to die or people to die once. And then after that comes judgment. When we end this life, the next life is going to begin. The Bible makes it clear it's either heaven or hell. Hell was never created for humans. It was created for the devil and his demons. And some people say, well, why would God, a good, loving God, send people to hell? That's a wrong mindset, wrong question. God doesn't send anybody to hell. He provided his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. John 3, 16, for whoever uh, God so loved the world that whoever believed in him would not perish. And that word believes means trust in him, but have everlasting life. He sent his son to make a way for us to be forgiving of our sins because we have all sinned and fall short of God's glorious sin. And Romans 3.23 says, so we have a way. He provided a way through Jesus. So God doesn't send anybody to hell. Matter of fact, just recently, and I love this, somebody, I heard somebody say, if you go to hell, you have to step over Jesus to get there. He doesn't send anybody there. We deliberately make a choice to go. The good news is, Again, he sent his son that we can spend eternity in heaven in the glory of God. Like my brother Ken, like Miss Juanita, man, they, you know, brother, brother John, I know he's still hurting, but man, his wife's in glory. He's going to see her again one day. 
Kenneth's in glory. Miss Tina's going to see him one day. Like I said yesterday, we ain't got to say goodbye. We just got to say see you later for those of us that are, that are born again. We're going to be there one day. But you must put your trust and your faith in Christ and what he's did on the cross. So are you depending on him? Or have you maybe been searching for him? Maybe you're here tonight and you haven't been to church in a while or a long time or you're just filling out Christianity. Maybe you've been searching for God in all kinds of places. You don't have to search any further. Tonight's your night. Do me a favor. If everybody would bow their head with me and, and just close your eyes and bow your head if you don't mind. Just out of reverence for the Lord, out of respect for people around you. And if you would say, Brandon, you know what? I, I, I've been depending and hoping in other things that I would make it to heaven. If you would say, Brandon, if I close my eyes on this earth tonight, I don't know where I would end up in eternity, if it would be heaven or hell. But you say, man, Brandon, I want to be sure. I want to have that uh, eternal security. The Bible makes it clear. He says, if we repent of our sins, which means to turn away, and again, like it says, to believe or trust in Jesus, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So if you say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know if I'm going to spend eternity in heaven or in hell, but I want to be sure tonight. I want to make sure I need to get right with the Lord. I, I want to depend on Christ for everything. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand and I want to pray for you. We're not going to bash you. Nobody's going to going to do it. I'm just going to say, uh, uh, say, lead you in a quick prayer. Anybody say, man, I need to get right with the Lord tonight. I need to get right. I want to give my life to Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Well, listen, you might say, Brandon, I just need, I, I, I know that I've given my life to Christ, but I know that I've struggled, maybe went away, and I just, I just need the Lord's help in a greater way. Like we sang earlier, I just, I, Lord, I need you, that dependence upon you. If that's you, why don't you just slip up your hand and say, you know what, Lord, I need you more. Come on. I, 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 need, I need your help. I need you to help me through these things. Maybe, maybe you're, you're a parent that needs to affirm your children or stand up for your children. Maybe you're a young person that wants to be obedient. Maybe you say, man, I haven't been obedient to the Lord. All right, hands going up everywhere. Maybe you say, man, I want to be a young person that stirs up my faith. Come on, for all of us. Maybe you need some confirmation in your life. You've been praying. The Lord's telling you to do something. And you say, man, I need some. I want the Lord to confirm some stuff. If that's you, why don't you slip up your hand? I want to pray for you. We're going to cover all three of these areas. Father, I thank you for all of my brothers and sisters here tonight. And I just thank you, Father, for what you're doing, what you've done, and what you're going to do. I pray that you help every young person in here, that they be stirred up, Lord, to be obedient to you, to be bold and lead like Gideon led, a, a bold and did a bold act that glorified you and stirred up his father, his own father in authority, Lord. I pray for these young people to be stirred up and stir others up in their faith. Lord, as parents, for every husband, every father and mother in here, help us, Lord, to affirm our children, to protect our children, to cover them in prayer, to encourage them when they do great things for the Lord, to affirm them in a mighty way. And, Lord, I pray for everyone that, that is, is, is seeking you, that you've told to do something that they feel like is, is maybe too great for them or that they can't do or they feel inadequate to do or sometimes question your presence. Lord, I pray that you would confirm, Lord God, your will for their life and what it is that you tell them to do. I know where you guide, you will provide. Give them the grace, the strength, the anointing, and the power to do it all to your glory according to your will. We pray your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives, in our church, in our community, city, state, nation, and throughout the world. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done as it is in heaven. I pray you bless these as they go tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen.